1: Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow.
2: and I'm Chris McCarthy.
1: So it's uh, one of those rare uh, all four Mike Saran type of uh, segments here. We got we can have a Chris McCarthy Christmas pie. We could, we could. We <laughs> we could, could. We yeah, could. we got to bring that back. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so uh, we have joined uh, with us obviously Jack Spillane, who's a, a, a columnist at New Bedford Light and a, a guest host here um, on South Coast Tonight specifically. So, Jack, thanks for joining us.
2: Always glad to be here, Marcus.
1: And we have Arthur Hirsch, who's covering City Hall uh, at the New Bedford Light
2: as well. Hey, Arthur. Hello. We've done some really great work here on the Morad pay raise issue, as well as other columns as well. But yeah, articles.
1: I mean, I mean, I I said this on air. I said this to you personally. Um, if it weren't for if it weren't for Arthur's uh, initial reporting of the issue and then Jack's follow up. This this doesn't get any traction. We're not able to have the conversations that we're able to have here. Um, you know, Jack has his segment with Tim every Monday. So without without the work of Arthur and Jack, we really couldn't have put uh, we really couldn't have uh, had the public discourse that was really necessary in this situation. So, I, Arthur, I'll, I'll just
3: say what Arthur did was put dollar signs money right. on it. Everybody knew the percentages were outrageous, but Arthur went and got what nobody else had was the, the money.
1: Can you talk to us about sort of the the process of, of getting that story together?
4: well you you uh you open up the uh the files that were i can't remember what exactly the first file was that I looked at. it must have been the uh the ordinance i mean it's just this this just impossible piles of numbers and numbers and numbers and rows of numbers intentionally uh, and just <laughs> perhaps you're right. Right, right perhaps you're right and and we know there are a few things that a few things that we know readers like uh they like dogs they like children <laughs> um uh, we know what readers don't like usually, which is numbers, right? <laughs> so, okay, this entire bloody thing is nothing but numbers. Where is, how do you get a story out of this? So it was just a matter of trying to break this down. Uh, what was compelling to me at first was that as the city administration was presenting it, um, Judith Keating, uh, the human resources director, was that the the city, it, kind of a variation on another variation of the story of where's where's all the help where's the labor where are the workers right and uh so here's another iteration of that involving municipal professionals management types specialists and for years now new bedford has had this chronic difficulty they've had a Financial officer chief financial officer position. I think that has been open Jack may remember better than I probably about two years I think For two years in May. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they've got an interim guy who used to be administrator in Dartmouth and yeah Michael uh, Gagne I remember him when he was a like a conservation officer in Dartmouth back in the 80s um, In any event, uh, they've had this chronic problem Not only filling positions, but also offering people jobs And they're walking away from offers. They're getting better offers elsewhere. Yes. Uh, They've already done all the paperwork. They get another offer and they're gone. And so that to me was the first thing that struck me as, oh, wow, that's, you know, it sounds like they've they've got a pretty serious issue here. And the way the mayor is trying to deal with it is we've got to take a whole look at this, how we're paying people, Mm -hmm. and we've got to bring this up to well, be able I, to compete with
1: uh, i think you had noted in your most recent article on this that they lost about 52 positions okay. right total that's, right, that's right, based uh, on the Judy based Keating on the said, yes. yeah based on the low uh, the low pay scale so it was something necessary but then of course we had those three pay pay raise the more pay raise amendments that that sort of shocked the conscience um jack you had written a follow-up on this uh you know um why did you think it was that you know why did you think it was important what do you think of sort of their their outcome well you know i I had a sense from the beginning that
3: it it was they were big numbers i mean judith keating kept saying things like it's 52 percent above the median of of the rest of the state and it's 51 percent above the median of the rest of the state and i thought she was 52%? 52%? What What would that be in dollars? Right. And Arthur goes to Keating's office and he has her look up the actual numbers. And I thought, just as I suspected, it could not be 50% over the state's median without being tens of thousands of dollars. Right. These were ju- and now... Your pension in Massachusetts is based on your three highest years. Now, yes. there is a spike provision that Eric Cohen, the wonderful guy who is over at the New Bedford Retirement Board, told me yeah. can be employed, but it can be gotten around if you say, oh, this person is doing all kinds of extra things, and you can you know, have the spike provision ignored. So when I saw Arthur finally had those numbers, 38,000 for Manny Maciel, who is a very nice guy. He does a great job. I just think it's $12,000 more than the animal control officer is making in Boston. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, which is seven times as large as New Bedford. Um, uh, the one that really got me was, and, I, and again, a person I like, Cynthia was the Human, the Community Services Director, $50,000 raise all at once, $45,000 for um, the licensing. Uh, and she doesn't even have to deal office. with
2: animals. <laughs> I mean, you know, she had, the chance of her getting rabies are very slim. Depends on your definition of animal. That's like. true. That's true, <laughs> Jack. <judge. laughs>
1: so we're speaking with um, Arthur Hirsch and, and Jack of the New Bedford Light, uh, who had uh, initially reported on the uh, the Morad Pay Raise Amendments, the $50,000 uh, pay, uh, pay raise amendments in the city council. So... Arthur, you were in city hall. what was some of the you know some of the discourse that was going on last night regarding uh on on the floor regarding these um these these pay raise the the fifty thousand dollar pay raises
4: they seemed well Linda Marad seemed concerned on the basis of what she said when she offered her amendment, she spoke before she uh actually presented the amendment and read it yeah she spoke for nine minutes, and much of it was just background on how the That's process was. a long went. time to speak. It was, you know, uh, yeah. Not <laughs> for Linda. Um, yeah, right, yeah. She talked about the background of what they're trying to do, the study of the salaries, et cetera, and so on. Uh, and then she, uh, at some point, she, on two, she, there were two statements in that, in the course of that, to emphasize that this was not, this was all done in public. This was not a surprise. We were not. This was not hidden. Uh, so she seemed concerned with the notion that this kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Now it's true. It wasn't <laughs> public. But it, what you saw in public, and Jack and I spoke about this. Uh, Jack was working on the column. And I'm new at this, so I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking at this thinking, is it me? I mean, there's no, and, and they're looking at, I'm showing you this sheet, if only we were on television. Right. This is this long sheet. Maybe someday. Uh, with two pages okay. of uh, numbers. These are all the changes that Linda Morad presented in the green. Every single position Forty. Pres- it's 40 an enormous. positions that she had presented the changes on. And, um, there, there's almost, that there was almost no, there was a committee meeting and there was very little discussion. They passed the whole thing. It wasn't even discussed. They passed it as they called it a slate. Okay. So they voted on all of this with one uh, 10 zip. Oh, was Hugh Dunn there? Yes, Hugh Dunn was there. He, he was uh, chairing that, that yeah. committee. It was his yeah. last one. So, but not, right. for yeah. not for the final vote. Not for the final vote, but for uh, that committee vote. He was there. And it was like, and then, when I, and then after that, I went to City Hall, back to the Human Resources uh, office and uh, to say, okay, I have the scale numbers, but what I don't have is what specific people are making. What is this gonna mean? You don't Tell have me- the translation. Right, exactly, right? exactly. Tell me what- And is- neither did the voters who were watching it on and TV. I don't know what no. the council members did either. Of anyway. course they didn't. Uh, so I,
2: uh, well, I shouldn't say I, don't know. I and, don't
4: know. And I thought they were almost worse because whatever
3: you want to say about Linda Morad and Naomi Carney, who was the other big mover uh, for this, at least they stated their positions. They were they they did not get into the dollar amounts, but they stated their positions. Yes, you had nine, eight members, and nine if you count Hugh at the uh, beginning who voted for it without saying anything. Was, they were—I mean—I think Maria Jesso at one point said, "Are we including the facility, the building, and facilities manager, who was the guy who could fix your street light or, <laughs> or your uh, sidewalk?" And they said, right. "Yeah, yeah, we're including." Right. We're in you them. got to include him. That was that was a sum total of what, of what, of what she said. I, sorry for interrupting there, but I—I oh, I, I just right. want to, to 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 make
4: the point that that, that you know they they knew. So uh, to add, to get back to your question, uh, Marcus, um, Linda Marr, had seemed concerned with the appearance that this was not done out in the open. It was not all as um, accessible as it might have been. And all the counselors who rose to speak, most of them referred to the comments they'd been hearing from constituents. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Gomes mentioned that, Ryan Pereira mentioned that. Uh, we're getting these phone calls, we're hearing from people, and we're listening. And we're trying to respond. And some of them uh, um, talked about how once they explained what they were trying to do to people, to, to folks they were talking to, people felt, okay, I understand it now. Um, so that was sort of the gist of it was those two were the most. Yeah. I,
3: I would if I could like to sure. make a qualified defense of Linda Morray, me defending Linda of all people, but I, I do think that the part of the pay raise was was, was was due to the big jumps in grades that she gave people that she felt deserved it. But the other part was the, the big increase the, the, the preservation of steps that Naomi Connie insisted on. And at the last meeting, Linda got up and said, can we not give them the, you know, the 52% and 51% um, above the median that Keating had warned about? She said, can we not do that? And Connie and the rest of the council said, no, Connie got up and said, no, I want to give them a big bang as they go out. <laughs> That's so, right so, so, So. Linda did you know, have some sense, I thought, I think, that she knew that these numbers were going to get big. I, I do think that she was so determined to give the people she wanted to give raises to and to stick it to the mayor, which I think council moore always wants to do and you know she 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 all on, on the rationalization that you know lost you know people who are called directors should be classified one way and, and have similar salaries people who are assistant directors should have a similar salaries but some people who are directors oversee hundreds of million dollar budgets right. and hundred twenty five employees and other people oversee one employee yes
1: it's not the same <laughs> So we're speaking with uh, Jack Blaine and Arthur Hurst and Bedford Light uh, talking about, um, you know, their, their initial coverage of the, the Morad Pay Raise amendments that, uh, you know, were amended uh, on the city council. Now, is there going to be, I wonder if, I, I don't know if Arthur, you had any chance to speak to any, um, I, my understanding is that it was packed there. Right, there was a lot of people there. And I didn't know if you had a chance to talk, to talk with anybody, but my understanding is that there are some people that were okay with it, a lot of people that were upset, uh, still thinking it was too much.
4: Yes, uh, there were two folks there who are handing out um, like leaflets a flyer it was a two-page incredible flyer that's that incredible they were handing out evidently it never happens they, at the council evidently no. they'd handed this out uh, earlier that they started handing it out earlier and I say that because it's urging people to go to the meeting so it was something they'd made sometime before or this woman had made and Nina Espada she's quoted in the story they're both from Ward five and the other woman's name is katherine adamowitz and um when I spoke to them, and the flyers, I should say, are protesting uh, the raises and urging people to contact the mayor in the event that the council did not make any change in it, To, yeah. to urging the mayor to veto this. And I spoke to both of them after the vote, before and after. And after the vote, they were sort of of two minds. Uh, Nina Espada was saying something like, well, I guess 25% is better than 50%. Uh, <laughs> she's not exactly a, a ringing I'd like a 25% raise. Do you think the light us, would give uh, me a 25%? My, uh, she. Uh, but um, Catherine uh, Adamowitz was, uh, was still saying that I think 25% is still too much. And... Um, Still not too happy about it. And Nina Espada said something that's quoted in the story about how. Well, I guess the counselors were hearing from people, and I guess they knew they made a mistake.
1: We, we got a call line. We're, let's take it.
5: Good evening. You're live. Yeah. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, Jack and Arthur, you're doing a, a phenomenal job, and I appreciate it. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you. You know the the premise that Linda Morad brought up today uh, with Tim that we shouldn't uh, the public uh, we shouldn't know when we're paying their salaries. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah. In public <laughs> employees, it's mm-hmm. just absolute nonsense. And the other thing is to think that someone in an administrative position at the city hall is almost getting paid three times the rate of inflation. I mean, it's its absolute, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've, uh, I'm concerned for our city because of just bad leadership, and I mean, I just can't believe what's happening over there.
4: Well, I think it's important uh, to to note that the those salaries that got so much attention, for obviously understandable reasons, those are really the outliers, and most of the raises that were granted in this reclassification. Some of the council members objected to the use of the term "raises" because it's not a raise like a merit raise. It's a total restructuring of the salary system. Most of the raises are between. That's a
5: play on words, is what that. Right.
4: Yes, but most of the most of the increases that resulted from this reclassification are within, you know, five to ten percent, seven to twelve percent, roughly. And the feeling is that. It's been a very long time since this salary uh, schedule was brought up to date. Yeah. So, uh, you know, more, some of one the one jobs have quickly. changed. I'm just saying that I don't uh, I don't Hold, want one to second s- to, um, to give the impression that this salary reclassification was this wholesale outrage. I think there were these certain examples that stood out but for the most part it sounded like from what the human resources people were saying and what the mayor's office was saying and what an independent consultant who does who consults he works for a consultancy for municipalities yeah. been around a long time yeah, he was and, town manager and- at Lowell he was saying uh, cities and towns all over Was it Bernie Lynch? Exactly. Yeah, Town
2: manager in Lowell, he's not in jail? Uh, <laughs> it
1: was, I think it was Lowell. No, I, I, at least not Ber- as far as Ber- I can tell. No. Bernie, I mean, Bernie Lynch has done a
4: lot of work around here in the South and, Coast. Yeah. And yeah. he was saying that a lot of places yeah. are... have. It's very hard to find good people. Yeah. And New Bedford is trying to compete... And uh, with that salary scale, they were trying to compete at a yes. huge disadvantage. And so, I just, just in the the fairness, point, and I may. yeah, and I just My want to make the point, point
3: here before we call, um go, go ahead, go I, I, ahead, I, I, Arthur, Arthur doesn't give his opinion, but all three of us do, right. and all three of us have come out in favor of the reclassification. Sure, yeah. yeah. Bedford does need to compete. None of us are against that.
2: No, I think they, I think a good
3: process was hijacked. Yes, you know, I'm in time. Not they, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying they should That's get a pay
5: increase. So I'm just saying it's too high. Yes, Maybe if it gets on a when it gets to the mayor's desk, 10, 15, 15 percent, maybe, but 25 percent. I mean, that's highway robbery. But uh, Arthur, I mean, uh, if you can print uh, when you're doing the, your next story uh, about all the administrative costs, the salaries that we're paying, I mean, that would be great because a lot of the other employees, like the uh, Department of Public Works and the other that do good you know, work, are not getting an increase in pay. But it's uh, in my opinion, it's very top heavy. Uh, at uh, the city hall and uh, once again i thank you for taking my call and you gentlemen all have a good night thanks thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you.
2: good night jack i think you brought up um some of this before I, you know it's been so many so much conversation on this now which is good but the the friction this is going to cause with the mainline union employees yeah um and how do you negotiate contracts with those folks um, after all of these shenanigans and some councils went so far as saying we should not finish the pay raise until we find out
3: how much the AFSCME rank-and-file employees yeah. are trying to get, which is a direct intrusion into the collective bargaining process. Right, yes. right. This is not allowed by law. Right. Uh, I mean, I can honestly say I've covered the New Bedford City Council for 23 years this is among the worst councils I've ever seen. You have a lot of counselors who let a few councillors just go go along and dominate. You have three or four of them who are really capable of doing doing the job. Linda Moore is capable. Ian Abu is capable. A few others are capable. Brad Markey. But a lot of them are not even capable, in my opinion. And they're just going along for the ride. They, they, they don't even understand the issue sometimes,
2: it seems like. They're, they're caught up in the process without even understanding it. <laughs>
3: Well, my, 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 feeling is that some of them don't, Right, you no, know, I, I I'm get not it. saying they're not good people. I'm not, not I'm, I'm not saying that they're not.
4: Don't, don't back Jack. Back to, You're on a roll. I love it. Actually, it was Linda Morad who had yeah. suggested, I think it was more than one occasion, did not get any takers on it. That we not make any, take any further steps on this until the AFSME contract is is settled, yeah. uh, and they, that's, they've they've been in negotiations. They've been without a contract since uh, since uh, that, July, and they're still in negotiations. That, but she that wanted that this. That could
1: take years, to like to um, hinge on that, like and the, she got no yeah. takers on could that. Could take at y- all. years, like the public safety unions yeah. has taken years, taking years. That, and
3: not only that, but 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 it, it is. Um, they have already said they've written the council two letters that we expect to be treated in the reclassification the same way as the unit C the managers were treated. Now. I support a raise for the for the rank and file workers too, but it's a whole separate process. They have a collective bargaining process that allows them to always get a raise. The unice managers don't have that process, right. and yeah. they depend on the council to examine and Are we no longer competitive? We better give them a raise. Yeah. Um, so tying these two together really does does not seem appropriate.
1: So we're speaking with um, Arthur Hirsch and Jack Spillane of the New Bedford Light. Um, we're going to actually take a quick break. When We come out of the break, we should be joined by Ted Nisi of WPRI, who's going to talk about, uh, who's going to preview an interview he has with Mayor Mitchell this Sunday. So let's take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, we're here with uh, Arthur Hirsch and Jack Spillane and Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrell. It's about to be a party of five with WPRI's Ted Nisi. Hey, Ted, how are you?
6: Hey, guys, how you doing?
1: Great, Ted. How are you?
6: Good. I've got to move to the next room because the baby just fell asleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so Ted, um, I, I, uh, you know, you had an interview with Mayor Mitchell. Um, you know, I want people to, to hear his comments completely and they can by watching on Sunday, listening to the podcast or, or watching it online, which it's available online now. Um, but, uh, you know, you'd asked him some, uh, what was your general, like, impre- you know, what's your general walking out of that interview? What's your general vibe impressions? What have you?
6: Yeah, well, first of all, thanks, guys, for having me on to get to publicize it a little bit. Um, of course. the mayor. We have the mayor on periodically, uh, as you do with all the local leadership, um, and he'll be on Newsmakers. You can see it, as you said, on com now, our podcast, or Sunday at 10 a.m. on Fox Providence, or for the really early risers, it's on at 5.30 a.m. on Channel 12. Um, I, you know, there was a number of interesting comments. Again, I, I'm not covering the city every day like the guys at The Light and like you two, so I never want to overstep, but – um, I will say I found his comments about running for reelection interesting yes. because while I, you know, you never know if someone is kind of spinning you or making it up, it seemed very heartfelt about it his did. internal struggle on whether he should run. And the, the rationality gave that he enjoys the job and feels strongly about its mission and being so connected to people, all are reasons to run, but that he doesn't want to be someone who's just lives to just perpetuate himself in office forever is a downside. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, the kind of the toll of the job. I found that really interesting and actually came away thinking he might actually be truly undecided about whether to run this fall.
1: It did seem very sincere. And yeah, he doesn't want to be like the Tom Menino of, of New Bedford, right. so to speak.
2: I thought his answer to you, to you and Ted was, Ted, to you and Tim was that he's got a great reason to be reelected and a great reason to walk away saying he accomplished enough.
6: Very true, Chris. I mean, I chuckled a little – I don't know if I did it out loud on the air, but I certainly did it internally when he started his uh, his answer with his stump speech that I would amend he'll give this fall if he does run. You know? Right, got yes. the employment rate down, exactly. the wind is coming, the high school graduation rate is up. Um but, yeah, I, th- I found it interesting because, um, you know, I've, every time I'm along with you guys, I always say the same thing, but I believe it. All politicians are people. And yeah. sometimes the mask slips a little, and you start to see the human side of them. And I do think we get a little of the human side of Mayor Mitchell on the show this weekend, this morning's taping, with, you know, actually the yeah. human trying to weigh – not to say ambition isn't part of it, too. I'm sure he likes being Mr. Mayor, you know, and, and getting to be important with important people. But oh, all the many reasons you you're might good. want to be the mayor versus maybe saying – how long am I going to do this? Where am I going next? When is it time to hang it up?
1: I, I would lean to it. Mean, uh, Ted, um, is
3: it possible you know, for years in New Bedford we've talked about, well, surely he's a smart guy. Someone from Washington will want him. Mm-hmm. Someone from Boston will want him. And it seems like that, that call never came. Is it possible that, that the problem is that the call never came for him to go elsewhere? Uh-
6: I can't say the thought didn't cross my mind. I, this is, that's Jack, right? I'm making sure. Yes. yes. Which my, my interlocutors I'm hearing from. Yeah, Jack, I i wondered that too, right? Even when we were all with him and um Healy on Tuesday, you know, a bunch of us thought maybe she would be tapping him for a job. And at this yeah. point, with the job she's handed out, don't think that's coming. Uh, I wondered if Rhode Island Governor Gita Raimondo might look to him for something in the fish world. Um, being from this region, that hasn't happened. I'm not saying it's because... They all looked at him and found him lacking. It just—it is what it is. He couldn't run for AG last year. There wasn't really a path for him. Um, I, a part of me has always thought, not to talk out of school, that he was kind of waiting out Bill Keating. For yeah, the- I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but,
3: yes, you know, he's certainly well, a smart, capable guy that that could you know do something in state or, or federal government. But I, I also have heard that. Sometimes he has some trouble playing well with others. Uh, that that some of his colleagues in the legislative delegation, certainly the city council, have, have, mm-hmm. have not found him that easy to work with.
6: Well, you know, Jack, I read a local columnist, forgetting his name. <laughs> <but> someone <laughs> had an item uh, the other day about uh, perhaps a certain level of uh, discord between him and a city council president. I can't remember the fellow's guy. he a right.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm pointing myself here.
6: Like. Yeah, someone might pick him up someday. I really hope I have high hopes for the kid. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I've heard it many times over the years. that. And, again, I always admit, fully admit, I am not in the city every day. I cover 60 cities and towns, though New Bedford is number two, uh, after Providence in my in my TV market. So I, I wouldn't claim to have the on-the-ground knowledge you guys do. But I, it's come up enough times in my coverage of the, him in the city over the years about him maybe not playing well with others that – you know, we all know that's a part of the game, right? Does mm-hmm. the rest of the political class of the new direct rivals want to help you, or are they sort of ambivalent or even rolling their eyes a little bit? Right. Um, you know, I don't know that Senator Montigny would uh, <laughs> jump into line to endorse him, right?
3: I, I really uh, saw it in his efforts to um, have the, the, the Fall River be in the New Bedford district when they redistricted this year, and the people in Fall River did not want any part of it. They viewed it mm-hmm. as, as Mitchell trying to groom the seat for himself. And mm-hmm. then he kind of had this condescending manner when he testified before um the guy from brighton who was the chair of the redistricting committee mm, yep. and that guy just dressed him down uh i mean it's like you know it's like going into i don't know your boss's office or the governor's office and insulting them to their face you know yeah. you
1: know mitchell just did not take I the think right there was a, I approach think there was, there's a lot more depth to that uh, whole that whole uh, <laughs> scenario with the redistricting well, also, for sure.
6: i mean just narrowly, for, from from the seat where I am, you know, he endorsed Jake Auchincloss out of district right. in yes. that hard-fought primary in 2020. I remember yeah. scratching my head, saying, "Well, this isn't even a New Bedford seat." But you know, Jake's and it was a, it, that was a tough
1: primary, Jake. Jake, it would... was
6: very. You, you, we were, I was <laughs> on with you guys talking. Well, yeah, absolutely, Chris at the time, talking yes. About that. And uh, you know, but Jake felt perhaps rightly that. <sighs> You know, the imprimatur of the new Bedford mayor was another good marker on the south coast as he tried to win over Fall River. Um, and then t- less than a year later, uh, Jake's trying to take away <laughs> the other half of Fall River out of yeah. uh, the, the Keating District yeah. and put it into his own district. Yeah. And by the way, did so successfully.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. and Jake needs all of Fall River to keep off those Newton liberals and Brook- Brookline liberals yes. from ever- over- overthrowing him.
6: Yes, exactly. Even as Jake Eyes, Liz Warren's Senate seat in a clash with Anna Presley. We'll see uh, if his ambitions have gotten ahead of him there, but uh, we'll find out, I I think, maybe within a few years.
1: So, Arthur, you've been uh, covering um, City Hall for a few months now. Have you had any conversations with Mayor Mitchell that, you know, he may have indicated which way he wanted to go?
4: No, we all actually, excuse me, I've been covering this since, uh, what time is it now? Uh, middle of November, Since the middle of November, since after the election, a week after mm-hmm. the election. So really just uh, got to still have the training wheels on and will for quite a while. There's a learning curve there. I've only met Mayor Mitchell once, and that was to talk about um, this redevelopment plan that also was given uh, final approval and ordinance, a zoning ordinance, <clears throat> excuse me, last night for the hicks logan district but um the mayor and i just talked mostly about that redevelopment plan um he he had some things he wanted to talk about you know media coverage also Mm uh of his office and more generally um lamenting the state of you know uh news media generally uh so i really don't we didn't get into that
6: we don't if i can cut in arthur Uh, yes i remember Jack, you're at some point in the last bunch of years, you you mentioned something as an aside in a column that stuck with me, which was something about like you, you having covered a lot of new Bedford mirrors. You felt Mitchell was the most uh, PR conscious. I might be misquoting you, but something along those lines, which I always found interesting, and I'd be curious. To <laughs> I, th-
3: I think I've said it as more than an aside a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think he's very image conscious, and and I, I think his. Um, uh, Chief of Staff, Neil Mello, is, is also very image-conscious. Don't get me wrong, I think John Mitchell has been a good mayor, uh, maybe the best mayor in, in, in my time in the city. Uh, uh, I think he's moved the city forward. He's he's smart, but he is very image-conscious. And and, and, he, and the criticism is that he doesn't play well with others. And I think part of that criticism is because some of the people he's trying to play with, you know, like, I mean... You know, C- Councilor Morad, uh, Councilor Gomes, it may be hard to please them. Um, mm. uh, the people who are doing re- redistricting up in Boston, they they have their agenda. It's not the same mm-hmm. as as John Mitchell's agenda, so it may be hard to please them. Uh, Santa Martigny, that's a, a whole different story. But but uh, that has been the wrap. And and and, and 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 in all honesty, I've had more than a few occasions myself where, where he doesn't um, maybe shall I say convince you of his argument, where he can be very. Um, I, I can
2: yeah. tell you that outside of the political competitors, right, which obviously is always skewed, people I've met in the Boston area, things like I, I would say specifically in the medical community, because I've been there a bit, um, mm. he has tremendous fans. Outside of the mm-hmm. political realm, in the business community, in the uh, yeah. in, in the medical community, which is the financial community, he has tremendous supporters. And if you look at, again, when it's political people, you know, there's always... They're looking at the next race, right? you As, think they he's a, have egos, Chris? Yeah, I'm saying egos. And, and you don't want to give <laughs> yeah. someone credit, you might be in a race with next time, right? Right. But in terms of, uh, if you look at his press coverage, he does very well. The New, New mm-hmm. York Times has done stuff, the Wall Street Journal, yes. the Commonwealth Magazine, all of us yep. here have all found him to have a great press shop
3: and think of the city uh, 12 years ago when i oh, became yeah. mayor and the pro- progress that has been made on the mm. waterfront um the, the progress that's made schools, uh, schools and uh, the schools the the, the, mm. the parks in the city that the hurricane barrier is a great achievement i think the, the walkways well
6: also i know it's a third rail uh in your in this region to compare new bedford and fall river <laughs> but you know as someone who who tries to keep an eye on things regionally my god right the contrast between the instability in Fall River over yeah. the last decade plus, right. and not just Jayzel. Jayzel is its own kettle of fish, but I mean, how many mm. mayors other than Jayzel they've had? Yeah. Uh, nothing against yeah. Mayor Coogan and Mitchell. I feel like whatever other things you can knock about him, I don't think anyone can say he's a bomb throwing buddy Ciani no. type, right? He's a no. he's a Harvard grad who seemingly is you know interested in the managerial side of things along with the PR, and that's important. I've covered a lot of places where one or two bad municipal leaders can do so much damage. Absolutely. So,
3: yeah, yeah, he's very competent, uh, uh, progressive, uh, uh, you know, fiscally con- fiscally responsible. You know, he's a good mayor. He,
1: he- so
3: ted you, you, you have, have
6: newsmakers the dog catcher will make more than him
1: under yeah yeah so, <laughs> so 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 going yeah going so then the, uh with the newsmaker and again people can check that out at 10 a.m on fox providence 5 30 uh, uh, apparently if if you're up that early on a sunday um you, you can catch it too you can catch it online now at wpri.com and on the podcast i prefer the podcast format just for, for me personally <laughs> but um so 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 ted um I was watching. So when you had your preview, because you always preview, you always have a little like two minute clip that previews mm. your interview on Newsmakers with you and Tim White and the and the uh, and the guest. And I, I when you asked him about his reelection, Ted. You're my friend. I want the best for your career, but I swear to God, if he gave you that news, I was going to be so
6: mad. Right, right. <laughs> we deserve. <it. laughs> it was, it was like I used to feel when Gina Raimondo would go to the New York Times with something interesting, and I'd be like, What the hell? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Mean, right.
3: Right. Mitchell to Commonwealth
5: Magazine. Balls, and yes. You tell the
6: New York Times, oh my god. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I. I well, because I, I. just I find creative ways to ask him if he's running every time he comes on. So. <laughs>
6: Actually, I have a question for you all, not to cut you off, Marcus, but sure. who. Who
2: is it if it's not Mitchell? Like, Tony Cabral, who, who, I think. Oh, you think he'd go again? I, I think so. I, I, You know, I really wonder, I had a conversation with a politico today, and we talked about mm-hmm. if not Mitchell, who, right? Mm-hmm. Who, and, and the best thing this guy come up with is he thought there might be somebody out there that he was imagining. You know, in other words, yeah. there's got to be somebody. I said, I don't know who that person is, and, you know, mm-hmm. with all these great credentials and everything like that. But... I haven't seen him, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would say Tony Cabral is the odds-on favorite. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure he Tony
6: is... last time. Can Tony do it? It,
2: yeah. was, it was
1: fairly close. It was against... Mm. You know, it was it was fairly close. I'm, I'm saying... What I'm saying is if Mitchell leaves... Um, right. oh, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If
3: Mitchell, Mitchell leaves...
6: What's the, what's the, what's
1: the line?
3: I, I think you might see someone from the business or the legal community. Uh, New Bedford <clears throat> <throat> has a long history of electing maids like that, that, that don't come out of the city council. Scott Lang. And you may see somebody... <laughs> from that business community uh uh come out um i think tony would have a good chance but i also think tony may be a little bit too
1: progressive for certain parts of the city interesting so so ted um uh you know what you're with with you and again i i think people should check it out to hear mitchell's comments from from his mouth uh, himself but you caught him at such a such a really good time to to interview the mayor because there's been so much going on that we've been talking about here. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the voc tech admissions fight that's sure. been renewed after the school committee that after the, after the uh, school committee uh, rejection, the, uh, the, 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 again, the more pay raise amendments. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and I know that you guys uh, discuss a lot of that there. And I think he even breaks some news in, in that regard. So I, I think people should definitely uh, t- tune in to hear what he has to say about it.
6: Yeah, we had another page of questions for him. I mean, we, between talking about the two governors and the, um, his own future and everything, we ate up a lot of time. But yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on in the city. And I think, I, you know, I, I, I thought one other thing I I thought was um, just a, a point I found interesting was him talking about how, you know, because I, I went to the show, you know, I always hear whether it's him or whoever else, everyone tells me, oh, no one cares about Southeastern Massachusetts. I grew up in Attleboro. I'm inclined to believe them, right? <laughs> but then I look and I'm like, South Coast Rail is finally starting. I've been saying You're that, like, man.
1: Every yeah. time
6: I turned around, Karen Polito was having a press conference in my yep. region, right, et cetera. So maybe it's not as true as it used to be when I was a kid in the Weld um, era. But he did make the good point, or at least to me, interesting point, that part of the problem is, yes, Baker was quite helpful in the end, but it's like a learning process because nobody on Beacon Hill in the executive branch seems to come with pre-existing knowledge of our region Versus what they learn about after trooping down enough times and then by, like, you know, their second term, they get, okay, the fish and the offshore wind and the train. I thought that was interesting because, I don't know, Jack or
2: Chris, maybe, you know, when was the last time we had a constitutional officer elected from this region? I can tell you it was Governor Morton from Freetown because his <laughs> was house that? was near my house. But, I mean, he wasn't alive. I was. But yeah. that was back in the, the 1900s, Governor Morton. Yeah.
3: Although in the 1980s Biff McLean was the president of the state senate
2: Biff McLean was the, basically the guy he was okay. a he was a secret okay. governor uh, uh, Ted, I have well, a question. You guys covered
6: those guys in Abe Lincoln, so I, I <laughs>
2: to <quote on> that. <laughs> Ted, I have a
3: question for you. Uh, we, you know, we we we're very New Bedford centric here. We get, kind of get close to the city, and we think the city has <laughs> made progress. But what is the view of the average person that you would ascertain of people in Providence, in the Area? How, how do they think of New Bedford nowadays? Is it still down and out, or, or do they think of it any differently?
6: You know, it's a great it's a great question. Um, I, and part of it, my folks live now outside of New Bedford, so I I know the city much better than I did as a kid myself. So I, I might not be a perfectly honest broker. I think I think there is a feeling that a lot has been happening in New Bedford and while I'd hate to say that Fall River's you know troubles have been New Bedford's benefit. I certainly think for folks who aren't there every day, like me and the rest of the Providence based media, there is now a clear differentiation between stable up and coming new bedford and oh my goodness what happened now in fall river and again i feel bad if mayor coogan's listening you know i know he's doing his best and, and all that and the jasel things hopefully in the past um but and you know i do think and and again i i, I try to keep a close sign what's happening in the city it's again as i always remind people in providence when they say oh you spend a lot of time on new bedford ted i say it's the second largest city in our region yeah, <laughs> it's right it's much is you know it's Bigger than Warwick Bigger than Cranston And yeah. sometimes with the Rhode Islanders Who I, who I uh, write for Don't always have a You know, they think Woonsocket to Westerly Is the national border So I, I have a little trouble <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like Westerly, Massachusetts Right um, But I certainly think I think there's been Some understanding Breaking through that um, You know, one thing is Not a lot going on In Burleville, Ted <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know, you never know. Uh, there was that guy with the 200 guns. He's made a lot of news out there in ruralville uh, yeah. in recent years. <laughs> right. But you know, I think you know. There's also um, what is the name? And I'm I know it's a little controversial. What's the name of the new night spot that's super popular, but the neighbors are mad about it? Cisco in the city.
1: Cisco yeah. Brewery. Cisco. Yeah, it's I'll fun. tell you.
6: I hear people talking about Cisco in the city. Province.
2: Council lost their seat over that. Yeah, yeah,
6: uh, right. And again, I know there's some people
2: listening. So, but I like, see some of your colleagues put on Twitter that they're there. Oh, yeah. Chad in the just, summer. You, yeah.
6: And it comes up. People say, well, you got to get out of Bedford, Cisco, et cetera. I also wonder about, you know, the train, will it bring people in? And again, I've been hearing about the train since I was born, but now we're actually going to see what it means. So um, I just think, I, I think there's so much potential across our region. I think if New Bedford thrives, if Providence, you know, I have a, I'm lucky. I have a unique job to watch over as best I can all of Rhode Island plus southeastern Mass. And, you know, being from here, I think. You know, Mitchell, I remember Mitchell saying me years ago, actually, in an interview on in a different story, something where I was asking about South Coast, I really said, know, we got to get away from thinking that Boston's going to save us down here, right? That, right. like, you know, and I think that's true for New Bedford, but I think it's true for Rhode Island as well. You know, you got to stop thinking that, like, somehow the spillover from Cambridge is going to revitalize everything down here. We've got to figure it out down here. New
2: I New think, Bedford, Cha- yeah, that's what John Mitchell's been you saying, know? yes. Yeah, I do. The- uh,
6: I have come to believe there's a lot of truth to that um, as a reporter. I mean, what do I know? I'm just a reporter. But I have come to think
2: there's a lot of wisdom in that. So, I, just Ted, just as we were talking about waiting out Keating, Congressman Keating, <laughs> I don't know if John Mitchell is doing that, but I do have to say, I think given where his seat is and given the rest of the district, he is the odds-on favorite in a Democrat primary if, if Keating is to leave. Um, he's got the money. And, I mean, New Bedford is just so big compared to the other cities in that district, communities in the district.
6: You know, I agree with you, although I've always been a little surprised not to – and they'd kill me in Keating's office if they're listening. But I feel like he doesn't spend as much time talking about New Bedford as I'd expect because I agree with you on the makeup of the district, Chris. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think if you're starting from scratch, especially the new version of the district without even Fall River – you know, New Bedford is the powerhouse. Of it. Yes. And, you know, I you know, God love Truro, but I'm not sure they're going to out. <laughs> <laughs> you well, know, I,
1: I, I do think, I do think, see, yeah, I, would, I I was going to say Julian Sears, probably a, yeah. a serious contender Agreed. as well. Yeah.
3: And I think because Mitchell is a conservative Democrat, he'll play well in the, in the moderate towns in the Cape and in the South shore. Yes. Yeah.
6: yeah I mean, look at class right? Auchincloss yeah. should not have won Kennedy's seat on some level, right? You know, he's, he's, he was a Republican not so many years ago. Yes. He's, he's relatively conservative, which is still pretty liberal nowadays, but you know what I mean. Um, and yet just by being the one who did, I, I talked to a senior Democrat in Massachusetts uh, who knows state politics pretty well late in that race. And he said, Jake seems to be the only one who realized there are precincts out of Brookline. Yes, and Newton. that's and how he that, won. Yeah. Exactly. And I wonder if you could see the same thing in, a, in an open ninth seat someday with Keating's gone, where like a Julian Sear, who I know would start with a lot of advantages, but where Mitchell's the one who realizes how to talk to uh, the sort of old school Democrats uh, in New Bedford and other places like that who are willing to vote for Democrat, but are not on board with a full progressive Iana Presley agenda. You right. know?
1: Ted, I got to, uh, I got to take a break to uh, pay the bills, but I appreciate you joining us Thanks, uh, this evening. Ted, where can people go to see Mayor Mitchell's interview on Newsmakers? Again, it's a great interview. People should check it out.
6: You're the best, market. So it's online right now at WPRI.com, but don't tune in till 10 when South Coast Tonight is over, of course. Um, <laughs> you can subscribe to our podcast, get this interview and every other one every week for Newsmakers, Rhode Island and Massachusetts. And then uh, Sunday, 5.30 a.m., Channel 12, 10 a.m. on Fox Providence. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we appreciate the, the publicity because we, we want to do right by every corner of our market, very much including New Bedford. That's our, that's our mission at Channel 12.
2: Give our best to Kim,
6: please. Absolutely Well, She's downstairs with the baby, so you guys got me out of diaper duty for a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Ted. We appreciate Thanks, it, Ted. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. We're
0: gonna take this break. We'll be right back. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. So you real-time reaction to everything that happens after the sun goes down. Ain't going down till the sun comes up. South Coast tonight with Marcus and Chris is on WBSM hey so
1: um arthur where can people go to, to to read more of your work because you're covering city hall for the new bedford light
4: uh, it would just be at newbedfordlight.org you got any social media not yet
2: oh man <laughs> all right you gotta get a twitter the, yeah um, i've heard about that Yeah. We, <laughs> heard about but but arthur um give people a little snippet of your background so they know they know something about you they've all been reading you
4: yeah oh well it's um <clears throat> i've been re- you were in the wire <laughs> I was
2: in the I guess. Uh,
4: I was the original Omar. Is, you know I, 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 you're just not quite making... Uh, Arthur you really coming. Have, you don't really have the walk down uh, quite right. You're just not... That's news. Somehow, yeah. um, there you go. Not swinging the shotgun in quite the right way that we need it. But no, thank we, you. This is your second stint. You, 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 you mentioned you, right? You, yes. Yeah. Uh, So you worked for the Standard Times and you worked for the Baltimore Sun. Standard Times was my second newspaper. I was working in uh, in radio in New Hampshire and then in uh, newspapers and came down here to the Standard Times in the 1980s. Mm. And then uh, moved to Maryland, worked for the Baltimore Sun for 25 years and uh, did a few other things and actually came back to New England to be uh, semi-retired. Oh. Cool. But that's out the window <laughs> yeah. uh, for the moment. There's too much going on in uh, Egypt. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no so retirement I, I, at the for stumbled into a full-time job uh, in uh, mid-September, uh, first covering the election. I wasn't on staff and then- The sheriff election. I've been on staff since, uh, actually, since the first time I was here. That night, I was asked if I would be interested in joining the staff after the election was just about over. So, uh, yeah, strange a strange trip. we we had to take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you want to hear everything, it's
2: Marcus Ferro and Chris McCarthy. And, of course, we have our two friends, Jack Splane and Arthur Hirsch from the New Bedford Light. It's NewBedfordLight.org, right? NewBedfordLight.org. Guys, I know you've been following it, our listeners have, because there's been a lot of great stuff that we've been echoing here on on the air as well. Um, And as, as Arthur's been pointing out, your voices are now being heard. People are showing up to city council chambers. Trying to affect change, and I think that's a that's a positive turnout. I agree. Uh, that's a really nice compliment coming in
3: from you, uh, Chris. And uh, I think the the rise of South Coast Tonight and the New Bedford Light have really changed the media landscape. Uh, mm. I love the Standard Times. The so Standard Times was my home for a long, long time. My it first broke my, job. Heart, broke my heart to leave there, but um, it, it's not the old Standard Times, unfortunately. And no. and um, I think there are other things that are are springing up to take its place. Yeah.
5: I mean, we we we're we're here till uh, we're here till ten. What are you are you guys hanging out or?